Here's a body, here's a body, here's a body. <laughs> You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to another edition of Huddle Up a Football Podcast, always a Thursday show, recorded every Wednesday night, including last Wednesday, by the way. I was in Idaho. I had one request. I said, guys, if you want to do a show, go, <laughs> go ahead and do a show without me, uh, because I was on, and in Idaho, I was two hours behind, and we do this show kind of late at night, so in order for me to be able to be a part of it, I would have like actually had to leave work to do a relatively amateur podcast. Let's call this what it is. It wasn't like it wasn't not an option. So uh, go ahead and do the show without me, guys. You can either send me the file, or I can send you the the credentials, and you just load the show yourselves. He's doing his best to rub it in. You hear this, Corey? Let's yeah, hear it, Tony. So they get, told, get to the end. Here. So I I get a message um, at about what I mean. I feel like it was like eleven o'clock at night Eastern time. Like you guys had gone on. Like you guys made a fucking show. And I get a message that, <laughs> it was so good. that was like absolute was so good. fucking heartbreak from you two about how the show was lost and ruined forever. Dude, it was so good. We, we did all the sound drops ourselves. It was we, honestly like, no, no, like the, the intro, the best bets of the week, the outro, we did it to the T with just our voices and it was absolutely oh. incredible. Oh. Well, not only that, the content, the content that was in it was just so solid. Like I, it was honestly one of my favorite shows that we've ever done, man. What did we talk about? Yeah. What did you put talk me on the about? Spot, Corey. I never even, never even asked what the hell you guys talked about. No, no. <laughs> biggest surprises, biggest surprises of the year. We did yes. surprises football wise. And then we did biggest surprises fantasy wise. Yep. And then we yep. hit on like eight different, like, Topics like teams and players, and it was so good. Okay, oh, the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Giants, some fantasy I'm guys. I'm upset now. Okay. I'm upset. Henry, here's, here's what wins. we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. We gotta move on. We're gonna move on. We're today. We're gonna talk about um, the biggest losses. So the biggest losses to a team or the organization or to football in general. It's the, the show's gonna be called "That's Gonna Hurt." But also, um, after seeing this, because it's the first time I've ever asked, so we're gonna go through that relatively quickly. And we're also going to talk about our biggest surprises. I'm throwing you a curveball here. I think, okay. you, I think you guys can do it. I think you know. I think you have an idea, right? Because you just did this. And uh, I'm not going to partake in that portion. I want you two to run that. And then we'll go to the best bets of the week. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Fair enough. So I would be, I feel like I'd be out of place not to mention a hurricane is destroying Florida right now as we speak. As we record this show, it's made its way on land. I'm being told this is the fifth most powerful storm to ever hit U.S. soil. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what Lester Holt said. And I kind of fucking believe every word that Lester Holt Wait, says. what was that? The fifth most powerful storm to ever hit the U.S. Fifth most powerful. Yeah. Okay. It was category four. So, I mean, you know, once you get in those upper categories, four and five, I mean, they're all catastrophic. Yeah. Crazy. So our thoughts and our prayers, if you do thoughts and prayers, those are with the people of Florida. Um Obviously, millions of people will be without power. A lot of people are displaced. People are losing their homes. Um, and I want to at least acknowledge that. So uh, thoughts and prayers with them. 
Tampa Bay has relocated. Not that this is important, but they have a backup plan for their game. They're not so sure that the stadium is going to be fit to have fans or that the streets are going to be fit to have traffic for fans. Uh, so they're actually relocating the game most likely to Minnesota, it sounds like. So that's interesting, too. I don't know. You know, the storm was supposed to hit Tampa, and it didn't. It, it Obviously, Tampa got rain, but it didn't get blasted by the hurricane. So, uh, yeah, there's that. But anyway, uh, week four? We're coming into week four already? How fucking fast does this go? Yeah, really fast. Really fast. Yeah, God, got, it's so fast. Fastest we, time of year. We've got like two or three months of football left, and then it's playoffs. It's just insane how <laughs> fast this happens. We wait all year long for this. Uh, but there are some big names in football that are not playing and that haven't been playing. And I wanted us to take a second to figure out uh, if any of those big names have had enormously detrimental impacts on their teams by not being present. I'm looking at Trey Lance, Trent Williams, Elijah Mitchell, all from the same team. Dak Prescott broke his hand. Broke his finger? It was a hand. Finger. A finger. Shaquille Leonard, Chase Young, Joey Bosa, TJ Watt, some of the best defensive players in the league all have been either on IR or in Shaquille Leonard's case just hasn't played yet. He's supposed to be back this coming week. Uh, and then we see Tua Tagovailoa. Tunga Vailoa. There we go. I muttered my way through it. Did you see him looking like a newborn deer last week? Yeah. Like freshly squeezed out was. They say that was back spasms or back injury. I don't buy that. I mean, the NFL is looking into the concussion protocol and that like I was at the Colts game like you, Tony. So I, I didn't really see it at the time, but I saw footage of it after I got back home and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's embarrassing for the NFL, really. But then I read more about it and I guess back injuries can cause a lot of like malfunction like motor skills and that sort of thing and he wasn't really grabbing in his back but god he could barely stand up straight and guys were like helping him like even like do the basic functions of like walking i think when he, bad. when he stood up he actually took his hands away from his back and raced them up towards his head i think i remember that yeah do you remember that at all I don't, I, no yeah I don't and he was like oh and he gra- grabbed his head no for real oh <laughs> <laughs> i don't know they, they say he he passed the protocol twice, and I don't know what that means. I mean, it's good to fucking go, it boy. Shouldn't mean, it shouldn't mean he's good to go. If Miami is fucking around with concussions after everything else they have going on right now, they are going to have a steep price to pay. The legal figure it out. I'm not going to worry about it. I'll take them for their word. But Tua is hurt. Mac Jones is also hurt. And so there's a list of what? What is that? 12 major players in the league that have serious injuries, if not already on injured reserve. Corey, Daniel, are the, are, is one of these players the most significant? Is there a player that I missed? I just scrolled through the active injury report. What do you guys think about a player that is most um, missed by his team? I, uh, real quick, I apologize for my ignorance, but what week did uh, TJ Wall go down? It was week one, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, when they beat the yeah. Bengals, it was an overtime and he yeah, yeah. grabbed Joe Burrow in overtime. Yeah, That's what I was saying. I, I mean, looking at the list, TJ Watt sticks out to me just because I think before the season, I think all of us were probably in agreement, in agreement that even with Mitch Trubisky, the Steelers would play pretty tough and win some football games. But a guy like TJ Watt going down, who's arguably showing out as one of the best defenders in the NFL, I mean, that really hinders 
you know, if you don't have good play at the quarterback position, you really need your defense to step up. And with him not being in that lineup, I mean, that changes pretty much everything you do. That's, you know, two guys who would probably be guarding against TJ Watt every game, every play. And now all that's gone. So I think that really hinders what they could do as far as, you know, winning some of these games that they probably shouldn't, um, you know, as, you know, as tough as they are year in, year out, I think TJ Watt's a pretty big loss. Um, Jack Leonard, I, I generally expect to play this week. He's on his third week of full practice. This is the week that this is the last week he would have been ineligible if he was on the pup. Um, so I think division game, big home game. I expect, uh, Darius Shaq Leonard to be playing this week, which is huge for the Colts because their defense has shown up for the most part this year, especially against the chiefs last year or last week. Um, and having him in the mix, you know, he, I think just having him in the mix, me and Daniel talked about it last week. We thought he was going to play, uh, one punch out of the football that he can completely swing a game just by him being on the field and he's going to jack up the other guys and they might just punch a ball out just cause he's there. So, uh, I expect him to play. We might be surprised again, but I expect to see uh, Darius Leonard, Shaq Leonard out there this weekend. I don't think you're wrong to say that TJ Watt is, is the guy and, I'm not saying he's not, but I looked really quickly at some, you know, from the clouds looking down stats of the Steelers, and I, I agree with everything you said. We did expect the Steelers to be competitive. I don't think we expected them to be dominant, but we thought that Tomlin and the defense could find a way to make up for any deficiencies on the offensive side. And what we saw was a struggling offense. They've scored 54 points a game. That's, I'm sorry, not a game. Imagine a team that scored 54 points a game. <laughs> They've scored 54 points throughout the three games, which is the lowest in the division, which honestly at this point is no longer surprising to me. Uh, but what is surprising to me is that they've only allowed 66 points a game, and that's knowing that T.J. Watt was injured in the first one. So that's the third, that's the second best. The Bengals have only allowed fewer points in that division. I'm not going to get into the entire conference and, and measure that out. I didn't have enough time to look at it. Um, but it's competitive. Uh, 66 is, I guess I am going to get into it. I'd say it's top six in the conference uh, without getting too far into it. So I don't know. I, I agree with what you're saying, Corey, in, in most of it, but it kind of seems like that defense is still rolling. I d- sure. I don't know if that's true or not. We'll find out. It's only been two games without, without Watt. Um, but I, I was surprised to see that they've only allowed 66 points. Their opponents have been subpar. Maybe that's part of it. Time will tell. I think the biggest part of a team that's riddled with injuries is actually the Buffalo Bills secondary. Um, they started the season with uh, Tredavious White going on IR, which was which was a big hit because I think Tredavious White is uh, probably like a top three or top four corner in the league. But um, you finish that off with, it's very unfortunate, one of these early weeks of the year, Micah Hyde, you know, all pro safety goes on IR, injured his neck. He's out for the year. Um, Their other starting safety, Jordan Poyer, he's dealing with a foot injury. He's out for multiple weeks. Um, Their other cornerback opposite side of Tredavious White also hurt. So, I mean, literally I'm, I'm sitting here reading an article, the number one cornerback for the Bills after Tredavious White was hurt is a 2020 seventh-round pick. He's also hurt. Their rookie sixth-round pick also hurt. 
So, I mean, you're looking at this like catastrophic, you know, uh, core of very important players to the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills. And they are starting a rookie first round pick, Kyer Elam, as their number one corner right now. They don't even have a backup corner. In fact, they just signed um, Xavier Rhodes to their practice squad. And I anticipate him being moved up very quickly to the active roster because they are just injury riddled right now. So you, you literally have both starting safeties and both number one and number two corners out. And so that explains why Miami beat them last week, even though Buffalo still, you know, we missed in the two injury that probably had a lot to do with it. Miami probably would have had that game more in hand if Tua wouldn't have had that roller coaster of a game. But we, you know, we mentioned the bills and, and losing to the Miami Dolphins, and their their secondary is just hobbled right now. So I think that is huge for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's a that's actually a pretty grim picture you painted. Who's in charge? Uh, who's the trainer? Like, uh, uh, when are our heads gonna roll for this? Uh, Steve Nichols. <laughs> okay. Steve Nichols. <laughs> Steve, get it together, man. Yeah, it together, he, had some, he had some issues in Tampa a few years ago with the secondary. Uh, just wasn't training them right. You know, they were doing more squats than lunges. That can really have an effect, you know, season long in that secondary. <laughs> you gotta, gotta keep it, you gotta keep it 50, 50 on the squat lunge do, ratio. Don't do too many squats. Don't do too many squats. I don't know. I hate to be a homer. I'm going to be a homer. I feel like the Colts defense hasn't been great. I think that Shaquille Leonard is a spark that that defense needs. Uh, you know, we talked about it with, uh, I'll be honest. Well, I'll be honest here. Let's, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a Colts player. But we talked about this with Pittsburgh, where we expected the defense to kind of carry any deficiencies on the offense. And, okay, take it all aside. And, yes, of course, I love Michael Pittman. And I, I think that Ashton Doolin has talent. And uh, Paris Campbell's played three games now. Hey, that's a big deal. Wow. Three right? games, six targets. Hey, <laughs> that's, that's a big deal. We are setting personal records here. But the truth is, we didn't expect the Colts to be scorchers. They, they weren't going to be, um, you know, barn burners. Uh, they were going to play, a, hopefully, uh, a conservative game with Jonathan Taylor, with an accurate passer, uh, and rely on their defense Ugh. for some turnovers. Accurate to, is one way to, to win, put it. To win games that way. We haven't been, we haven't been seeing, we, honestly, I really do feel like we've seen what we expected out of the offense. I, there, I didn't expect anything incredible. If you did, if you expected 40 points a game, you're fucking crazy. If you expected anything more than 21 to 30, what, 4, 5. I mean, a 35-point game out of the Colts is a big deal. I, that's, this is where I'm at with the Colts. The defense needs to be able to hold other teams below 30 points. If that happens, I think the Colts win football games. It's not happening, and I think it's... it's what do you mean it's not happening? They've allowed... 20, 24, and 17 against the Chiefs. Wow, you just owned me, didn't you? Tell me about the turnovers. Give me, give me the turnover numbers. <laughs> okay, um, I'll take it around the chin. I don't know how, how to pull that up. Well, and, and I guess, so I went the wrong direction. Thank you for correcting me. I can take it. I appreciate you, Corey. <laughs> I don't believe there have been enough turnovers. And that's, that's what I was trying to get at is uh, if we're not going to be efficient on offense, we need the ball more times on offense than the other team has. 
it hasn't been happening. We had Here we turned the ball over. Shaq Leonard. We turned the ball over what three or four times. We. I'm not a part of the Indianapolis Colts. I don't play for them. I don't. I'm not paid by them. I'm not a part of the organization. The Indianapolis Colts turned the ball over four times in Week One, I believe, and three of them were at the hands of the quarterback. They didn't get any of those balls back. I don't believe. And so when when you start losing that differential, that's that's when you lose the games. Um, and so yes, I think Shaq Leonard. We talked about this. Um, you talked about this, Corey. He'll knock a ball out. He'll knock one ball out, or he'll fire somebody else up enough to knock another ball out. Next thing you know, you've got a couple of turnovers. Colts get an extra couple of possessions. That's a touchdown that the other team didn't score that maybe you get three points off of. Okay, I'm trying to be modest. I'm not trying to pretend that every turnover is seven points. I think Shaq Leonard's a big deal. I think he brings a spark to this team, and I think that without him, the Colts are not complete. And it's sad to say. I, would, I thought they were a more complete team than this. Uh, especially after signing some superstars, but uh, they're they're missing Shaq Leonard, and and I think they'll win more games with him than they did without him. Go ahead, Daniel. Tell me I'm an idiot. I, I, I think he's a huge part of that defense. I, I really am really surprised, honestly, that they had such a good defensive game against Patrick Mahomes, which. That was a good game plan by the Colts. You know, they they played super conservative, and yeah, I, I mentioned that I was at that game, and I turned to my dad multiple times, who I was at the game with, and I said, the, the Colts are acting like they're playing defense on offense. Like, uh, multiple times on offense, they're like, yeah, let's do a screen here. Oh, another screen. Oh, how about another screen? And, like, they were playing so just conservative and it was so like almost annoying to watch. And then I felt like the chiefs were just like almost handing them the game. But at the same point, the Colts defense was really impressive to me without Shaq Leonard. So I I mean, I I feel like he's a huge part of that. And if he comes back and you know, there's something to be said about a veteran presence like that, they can pump up a squad to do more than they're capable of. And I feel like he's the guy that could do it. He's very vocal. I mean, I know you were seeing it, Tony, on the big screen. He was on the sideline, you know, and, and they kept showing him, you know, pumping up the crowd, like, let's go, let's go, let's go, every single time because he was just so animated on the sideline that I, I, I he is a huge part of that. And if he comes back, I think the Colts defense could be totally different than what we've seen. He was honestly so animated on the sideline that there was a point where I was like, what the fuck, dude? If you can jump around like that on the sideline, why can't you just put yeah, on the Yeah, I was like, why are you in pads right now? You want to be in pads. Let's get you out there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the details, but hopefully he's it's, it's like the guys that are injured and, like, you know, they've hurt their ankle and then <laughs> someone scores a touchdown, they sprint on the field full speed and they're jumping up and down and they're like, Bro, oh, he was in the end zone. Group. <laughs> I know. He, he was in the end zone he, with the players. Yep, I saw it. I was, I was, yeah, that was in your that end zone. Zone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. It's not the same thing. All right. So, Daniel, you said Bills defense. I said Shaquille Leonard. Corey, what was your pick again? Uh, TJ Watt. TJ Watt. There you go. Do you guys want to do your biggest surprises? Is it too, uh, is it too soon? <laughs> Hell no. We can do that shit. All right. <clears throat> Just pretend that this is a brand new episode. Hello! All right. Uh, welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Uh, I'm joined by Daniel. 
we're going to talk about early season surprises. <laughs> no, but for real. All right. So here, here's what we had last week. All right. Dolphins two and oh, last week was a big surprise. They're now three and oh, boom. Uh, Beat the so, bills. And on top of that, <laughs> the Eagles were two and oh, they're also now three and oh, the only undefeated teams in the league. Um, I think we talked last week, you know, these teams are probably pretty legit. We would think I feel less confident about the dolphins now for some reason than the Eagles. Um, I wouldn't though. I wouldn't. I know. You really do? Why? Yeah. I just, you know, I've, I've just been such a Tua stand for the last two years. I just, I'm waiting for him to fall on his face and everybody to make fun of me. But I mean, they look really good, man. That offense is clicking. The Tyreek Waddle thing's working. Um, the defense looks pretty solid. Um, I, they just knocked off the bills in a really good game, a really hot game. Players were exhausted. I mean, those are the type of games that, you know, the tough teams win and, you know, if two is for real and this offense is for real and they're as tough as they look, then I don't see why they couldn't, you know, come away with a bye week here in the playoffs this year in the AFC. Um, the Eagles, they look like a powerhouse. They just, they, they're pretty dominant again this week, right? Yeah. Which, which dominant. Is, is that big, dominant. that big of a surprise? Are you saying that's a huge surprise? I, I, uh, I mean, we all thought they'd win the division, right? I thought but, that they'd be in the NFC championship game. Did yeah. Did you say that? I did no, say was, that. I mean, and I believe boldish. It. I know. Boldish. I believe, it was bold, but I believed uh, it. Yeah. I did believe it. Am I the only one that believed that? Am I a crazy person? Um, okay, I'm a crazy person. No, okay. no. I mean, I, I could see it. I, I think I could see it happening. It's just to call to, to put my flag in that. You know, it's it's hard. But yeah, it was hard. It was hard to do. But we called them crazy for a long time, and they built on the defense, like we said, and they added AJ Brown. And uh, I, 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 I'm surprised. You guys are surprised. What the fuck? That's the most surprising thing to me is that you guys are surprised that the Eagles are a good team. Anyway, well, we cool. think, you know, we I don't know that they're that they're a good team. It's just that they've been so dominant. They look so good. You know, they dominated their, their league mates and Devonte Smith finally showed out. AJ Brown looks great. Jalen hurts looks great. You know, the, this team doesn't appear to have a weakness. We expected the Eagles to be kind of a solid team throughout, but like they have looked really, really good. So I think that's the most surprising thing. I cut you yeah, off. I, th- I cut you off. I think, Corey. I think Jalen Hurts there is probably the biggest surprise. He he looks like a superstar right now. Like he's he's getting stuff done. Like I think it was week one or two. He's run. It's a forty yard run. He's five yards away from the end zone. Gets absolutely blasted, and then he reaches forward. He stretches out. He gets the touchdown. Like those are the superstar plays that separate you know the Daniel Joneses from the Lamar Jacksons. You know like just doing that little extra step that puts you on the highlight reel that puts you in the MVP votes. I mean, we're talking about Jalen hurts right now as an MVP candidate. Um, only four passing touchdowns, but the ru- the, the running game, he's got 167 yards on the season. So there, I don't think they're asking him to do too much, but right now he looks like that star college football player that he was at one point, And it's really impressive. And if he can if he can sustain and be a superstar, absolutely. These guys are absolute studs, and I didn't expect that. Is what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say. I didn't expect Jalen Hurts to be where he's at. Uh, the Giants started out two and zero. Me and Daniel last week talked about how they were probably actually turds, and they kind of you know they're playing turds. And sure enough, they got turded on by the Cowboys. 
Uh, speaking you know what's of which, crazy is the Giants or the Bears, since they play each other this week, one of those teams will be three and one. Wow, that's that makes me want to like that. That makes me gag. Which team do you think it's going to be? In my throat. Oh my god, I don't even want to touch this game. I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, this game's gross. This game's actually more gross than the Dallas <laughs> Dallas Cowboys Giants game, yeah. which I didn't think was possible. No. Hey, they they could both leave two one on one. Imagine. Um, yeah. Hey, and you know, Dak Prescott was just on our injuries list. Cooper Rush is winning them football games when they need to. I mean, I'm not one of these people that think the Cowboys are going to be fucking Super Bowl champions like everybody else does every year. But if he's winning them games and Dak Prescott can come back and keep the wins rolling, you know, maybe this, maybe these two wins give Dak Prescott an extra week to recover and come back even healthier. Um, you know, this gives Cowboys, you know, he's putting them in a much better position than they should be in. So I know I said I'd stay out of it. And I'm not staying out of it. Sorry, not sorry. But uh, fun fact about Cooper Rush, I say I shared this uh, this tweet from NFL Research into uh, our shared message board here right before the show started. But Cooper Rush is the first undrafted quarterback to win each of his first three NFL starts and throw for 750 plus yards over those starts since Kurt Warner in the 1999 with the Rams. Warner went on to win NFL MVP and Super Bowl MVP that season. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's possible. Well, I just made a big mistake by switching over to the chat to show people the tweet, and I saw this crab rangoon. That's a waffle. That's a waffle. Okay. All right. You can find the waffle at... uh, Twitch.tv slash huddle up a football podcast. <laughs> and that's all we'll say. All right. That. All right. Uh, some fantasy football players we can hit on real quick. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, he's kind of turning it out right now, boys. Is, you know, is he a turd or is he going to figure it out? Speaking of turd, can we pause? What about Derrick Henry's hair? That was a surprise to me. Ah, oh, the turd is gone. The turd is gone. Man's back to normal hair again. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, but Kyle Pitts. No. Kyle Pitts. I don't know. They said it's not a fantasy football team. Is that what they said? Uh, he said something about the head coach said something about what did he say? Um, something really fucking stupid. It's that not he, a fantasy football team. We're trying to win games. Yeah. Like, like as in, don't give the best player on the field the ball is what he was trying to yeah, say. Yeah. Like, every, it's like that made it worse, guy. <laughs> don't, don't say things like that. I don't think like Kyle, everybody attacked him for that. I don't think Kyle Pitts is the turd. I think that the head coach is the turd. And if he doesn't yes. figure it out soon, uh, he'll be gone. We'll do a year about to lose your job segment soon and he'll be, he'll be top of the list. Yep, for uh, sure. Follow, and, followed by Matt Rule for the Panthers. And another thing we talked about that situation last week was um, Drake London getting targets. He's starting to be productive early, too. So his future looks bright. We hit on Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was a uh, top two quarterback heading into this, you know, this previous week. Shit the bed this week. Um, Typical. Everybody's dropping him. He's gone. His, his season's over. Uh, one we should have saw coming, boys. Hard knocks. He had a segment just like Darren Waller did a few years ago. I drafted Darren Waller late in the work draft, and he was an absolute stud all year. Amon Ross St. Brown is an absolute stud in fantasy football. He's a star wide receiver. 
Any disagreements? No. Zero disagreements. He is. What about the Lions? So did you guys talk about the Lions at all? Because I think I expected the Lions to be fun, but I didn't expect them to be this fun. Like, what the fuck happened in Detroit, guys? I love it. I think we expected their offense to have some power, and it does. They've dropped uh, 35, 36, and 24 points, so they're putting up points. Defense is still a little shaky, but they're dangerous enough to beat some football teams. Sucks that DeAndre Swift is hurt. It does suck. Yeah. Yep. Remember that one time, Corey, that uh, Jamal Williams threw you a pass and Melissa intercepted it? Well, yeah, I was putting my beer down on the ground, and he threw it while I was doing that. And yeah, anyway. she she saved my life, honestly. She saved your beer, at least. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I was paying attention to catch the ball. That would have been a good, good thing to talk about and be proud of. The sad Tell part my kids. is, poor Jamal Williams was trying to throw the ball at me, and he almost threw it at your beer, and she intercepted it. That's the truth. That's what actually he, happened. He was definitely looking at me. He looked at me and tipped his head, and I tipped my head, and I held my hands up, and then he threw a bad pass. Like, stop. He's a running back, bro. He's not a quarterback. We're chill. That was All my right, ball. I'll let, you, I'll, I'll let you have it. No, Melissa got it. <laughs> it was your ball. I get it. Anyway. Anyway. I said I'd stay out of it. I'll stay out of it. Um, I don't know. That's it. We had Christian Kirk in there. I have no idea what he did last week. Was he good last week? Oh, yeah. He was good last week. Christian Kirk could be a sneaky little stud. They paid him a bunch of money. Uh, Real quick, Jaguars might be a good team. Uh, I think the defense is pretty good, and Trevor Lawrence is starting to look comfortable. I hate to say it, but they could be a competition here in the NFC South. Oh, my. NFC South, imagine. AFC South. Thank you. All right, uh, Daniel. Corey dominated yes. the conversation. Do you have any surprises you want to talk about? Um, I'm looking through a, a few records here. Give got, me just a second. I gotta the give Jaguars. To, I gotta give it to Corey I, because when Corey dominated the conversation, he like actually dominated it. Like he owned it, and you are like, oh. let me look through 15 pages of notes. I've got to go from A1 to 14B, and if I flip the page over and go backwards and read it in reverse order, it'll hey, tell me the answer I want. Tony, let's be nice to our podcast mates. Yeah, Tony, I feel like I should just log off right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but the Jaguars, super impressive to me, actually. Um, they're 2-1. and one. I mean, who would have thought that anyway? But I feel like Doug... Peterson has been a huge part of the, the Jaguars like season and Trevor Lawrence actually looked really, really good. Um, have you guys seen like Trevor Lawrence highlights? I mean, he looks like a different quarterback. Uh, I you should, guys seen that? I should go back and watch. Cause I remember watching the weeks one and maybe even week two. And I didn't, I didn't see that. Like I didn't see like the intelligence and the dominance that we expected out of him, but clearly Maybe I missed something. Like they're winning games, and so, but I, yeah, I, not, not maybe just it was winning games. Maybe it was just week like, one that I watched, and I was like, "Dude, Trevor Lawrence might not be it." Uh, but maybe, maybe that was just the first week with the head coach. I don't know. Yeah, so week one, they probably had a little bit of growing pains, but they still like stayed in the game. They only lost by six points, and it was, I mean, to the Commanders, which sucks. But 
whatever. It was in Washington, so it was an away game. It was 22 to 28. But listen to this since then. They obviously, you guys know what happened week two. We know what happened week two. Shut out. Okay, 24 to nothing. But then they go into LA and beat the Chargers 38 to 10. Okay. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's hard. That's hard for the best team in the NFL to do. That was a hurt Chargers team. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Still, still. That's the Jaguars we're talking yeah. about. This yeah, is a yeah. bottom five team, okay? To to expect them to go in and actually compete versus anyone is a stretch. And I, I, I just, I feel like I'm impressed by what I'm watching, not only because of James Robinson, who is, what, eight months off of a torn Achilles, who is tearing up the league, but Trevor Lawrence looks like a different person. Kristen Kirk looks like he's living up to his contract so far. The offensive line looks really good. Their defense looks like they're stepping up. I mean, the Jaguars. I and mean, James the, Robinson, by the way, the undrafted free agent, is still the dog of that team. Good God, he's so good. I expect they're playing the Eagles. To take over. Yeah, me too. No. And especially after the Achilles injury, which is a running back killer, not anymore. James Robinson is defying all odds, but they're going into Philly this week, and I don't hate it. I hate it. They're I about, mean, they're about I, to be exposed. They're going to lose, but I don't hate, like, absolutely hate the game. Eagles are going to win, but, like, I, I think the Jaguars could put up double-digit points at least, which yeah, we wouldn't have said last year. I agree with that. That's fair. Okay, I'm going to stay out of it. No, I I think the Jags are are a big shock, and I think Doug Peterson has a lot to do with it. Um, All right, I was looking for – all right, I found it. I was looking for a pass that Trevor Lawrence made this week. Uh, If you're watching live on Twitch, you can now see it live on stream. Tony, take a gander at this shit. Tell me when you're looking. Yep, uh, no audio, please. Yep, no audio. Wait, you don't want audio? No audio, yep. Okay, I wasn't planning on it. Take a look at this shit. Tell me he does not look comfortable. A little scrambly wambly. Fling. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's a good pass. Yes, sir. That's the difference right there. He feels the pressure. He rolls out. Keeps his eyes downfield and just flicks it. Throws his arm down to his side like a goddamn gunslinger, dude. Incredible. Scary. And then, I mean, this is what they should be, right? He was the greatest thing since Andrew Luck. You know, Andrew Luck was able to carry the Colts to 11 and 5 for his first two seasons. Now, with a competent coach, I mean, last year's coaching situation was the worst thing I've ever seen in the NFL. Like, I don't. So bad. Like, I, I've never seen anything like it. Now that he's got a competent coach who has a plan and he's executing it. Trevor Lawrence looks, looks really comfortable. Best bets of the week. Best bets of the week. Best bets of the week. Welcome back to best bets of the week. This is where me and Daniel duel every week. We pick four games. I pick four spreads. Daniel takes four over unders on the season. I am five and seven. Some, Five and seven. We're we're crawling back to five. We are so close because I had a horrible week. I was one point off on two matchups. One point. 
and I went one and three. So that puts me at six and six, unfortunately. So we are one game away, Corey. I'll let you lead it off to end, uh, this week, Daniel. Who's your first over-under? Okay, my first over-under, Bills at Baltimore. I mentioned the Bills secondary is riddled with injuries. Baltimore, um, I'll, I'll share a little stat about Lamar Jackson that I saw this week. Lamar Jackson is number one in passing touchdowns, number one in passer rating, and the number four rusher in the NFL. Buffalo defense is struggling a little bit. Baltimore is going to compete. They are underdogs at home. I'm not saying they're going to win this game by any means, but I think the Bills can put up some points on offense, and the Baltimore Ravens could put up some points on offense. Both these defenses stuck right now, so I feel like this is a recipe for the over, and the over-under is 51. I am taking the over. Yeah, I love this game, too. It's in my mix. I'll go ahead and spit it out. 1 o'clock on Sunday, boys. This might be the game of the weekend. I've got Baltimore plus three at home. Listen, these are, if you're to make a tier list, both these teams are in the top tier, right? Um, anytime you can give Lamar an advantage in the past game by having a weak secondary, I expect him to take advantage. I think they're going to be a little more dynamic. Um, Bill's also coming off a loss. I, I, expect, I expect him to play tough. I think this will be a really good game. Just something in my gut's telling me the Baltimore Ravens are going to pull this out. They're getting three points. They're at home. The crowd's going to be absolutely ruckus. Give me the Ravens plus three at home. Love it. Uh, my next game is the Browns at the Falcons. Browns are going into Atlanta this week. The over-under is actually sitting at 49. Very surprising. I think it's because both these defenses also suck. But... The offenses have been very underwhelming, I'll say the least. But the over-under is sitting at 49, which is actually really surprising and pretty high. Um, so that was an easy under for me. I'm going to take the under on the Browns-Falcons, um, even though there's pieces of both offenses, you know, Cleveland with Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper actually doing better than what he was supposed to. David Njoku had a good week last week. Jacoby Brissett, surprising. And on the Atlanta side, Marcus Mariota has been, you know, a little better than I thought he would be. Drake London, Kyle Pitts is finally getting into the action. I'm still just not confident in either of these offenses to put together, you know, a barn burner type game, which is what Vegas is wanting. Um, so I'm going to take the under 49 in this one. My um, second game of the week, Denver at the Raiders. Really interesting game. The Raiders have looked like a decent football team, but they're 0-3. The Broncos have looked like a dog shit football team, and they're 2-1. and um, I've got the Raiders minus 2.5. Right now, I have no confidence in this Raiders offense. or I'm sorry, in the Broncos offense. Russell Wilson does not look like himself. Um, I, I hope for entertainment's sake that they can pull it together and be a powerhouse in the NFL this year. But as of right now, it looks like Russell Wilson might have been a product of Pete Carroll, and I hate to say that. And the Raiders have been pretty productive despite last week. Um, Carr and Devontae Adams look really good. They're at home this week. I like I like the Raiders to cover, get their first win on the board. Um I just I don't have a lot of confidence in the Broncos right now. They do not look like a Super Bowl team, Daniel. Hey, I 
Completely agree. Uh, one of the surprises that I was going to mention is how bad the Broncos look. Uh, we ran out of time, but the Broncos have looked bad, so I, I'm with you on that. Um, my next bet here, the Seahawks are going into Detroit. Um, Detroit has, we mentioned, looked surprisingly um, efficient, but DeAndre Swift is hurt. Detroit looked horrible last week. The over-under is sitting at 48. So that was another one, like the Cleveland-Atlanta game, that was like, ah, that's just sitting too high for me. Um, so these are two underwhelming offenses, obviously. You know, obviously with Detroit, without Swift. And Amon Ra has actually hobbled this week. I don't know if you guys saw that, but... So Detroit, Seattle, 48... I'm going to take the under in this one. Um, I just feel like it's going to be more of a more of a grinder game. And uh, without Swift, um, maybe without, you know, uh, some of the some of the other weapons here being, you know, a little downgraded here with Almond Ross, St. Brown on one side. I'm, I'm going to take the under on this one, 48. Uh, third game of the week. It's a big one here, Tony. Big game this week. Last week. The Colts were my bet of the week at plus four and a half, five and a half, whatever the hell that turned into. Colts covered. This isn't my bet of the week. Wait, wait. Did we count? So in your records that you talked about at the beginning of the segment, did you count your bets last week? Because they do count. Like you made them amongst each other. Yes, absolutely. Because we actually both won the Colts game because he took the spread and I took the under. Good. Which I said, if the Colts cover, it's going to be an under game. Good. You're both right. Okay, good, good. Go ahead, Corey. I'm sorry. So this week, you know, everybody's trying to stay away from them, but I'm betting the Colts again. I've got a minus three and a half at home versus the Titans. And here's why. One of these teams is the third best rush defense in the, in the league, and one of these teams is the 29th best rush defense in the league. The Colts are the third. Titans are the 29th best run defense in the league. You've got an absolute Titan clash of Jonathan Taylor versus Derrick Henry. Listen, Derrick Henry hasn't looked great this year. He had a decent game last week. He had a couple big games. But if he doesn't get past that first line of defense, he's he's just nothing. He doesn't have the speed to get out there and open it up. He's got to get past the first line. And right now the Colts look like they can do that. And if Shaq Leonard's playing like we expect him to be, could be wrong again. I think this is emphasized even more. The Colts have allowed 77 rush yards a game. Um if this all stands pat, which I think it will, uh, I expect the Colts to cover. Hopefully a big win in Indy this week to kind of, you know, there's still a lot of naysayers right now. We we didn't squash the Chiefs. You know, we kind of got that last call at the end of the game. Was it real? You know, was the win real? I, I think the Colts solidified it this week and maybe put a little dominance down on the Titans. Okay, yeah. so Daniel, did you do both all three of yours too? We have four apiece. Oh. I'm sorry. I thought it was three piece. Go ahead. You good. Uh, the very last one chargers at Houston. Okay. Um, I mentioned how good the Jags looked last week against the chargers. The chargers have not been hot. Justin Herbert is hobbled. Austin Eckler, not doing so hot. They just lost their left tackle for the year with a torn bicep Rashawn Slater. Uh, the Chargers going into Houston. The over-under is 44. I don't think Houston can really put up much points against the Chargers defense, who's not been honestly that great this year. 
So I'm going to take the under on 44. I think this is going to be more of a game like maybe 20 to 10, something very underwhelming. Um, the Chargers, uh, even though they get Keenan Allen back this week, I think that's the that's the underlying you know positive for the Chargers. I think that this is just going to be an, uh, kind of an underwhelming game, and I'll be surprised if it goes the over. But um, I'm going to take I'm going to take the under of 44. All right, the game of the week this week, boys. The game of the week. The Dolphins head to Cincinnati as three-and-a-half-point oh, three dogs. That's tonight. The podcast is up on a Thursday. This game is tonight. Make sure you're paying attention. Uh, the Dolphins are undefeated. The Bengals are one and two. But the Bengals are going to cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. Um Dolphins coming in on a short week on Sunday when the the final whistle blew in that Bills Dolphins game. People, the players hit the dirt. There were players laying all over that field, exhausted, cramped. It was hot. Um, the Bengals got their first win of this, or I'm sorry, right? They didn't get the first win of the season last last week, right? Um, but they're a better team than what they appear. They came off the Super Bowl. Did. Was it? Last, that's right. I was thinking about Week One against the uh, the Steelers. They got their first win of the week last, or first win of the year last yeah, week. Yeah, they're one and two. They got their first win. They're gonna start to feel it. I, you know, I have that little bit of non confidence in the Dolphins. I feel really good about this game, boys. And I swear to God, when we got on tonight, the line was four. So it was three and a half, then four, and since then it's moved. Since earlier tonight, it moved back to three and a half. Um, give me the Bengals minus three and a half and the all white jerseys, white helmet tonight on Thursday night football. Okay, of the week. So while you guys well, do me, that, go ahead, Daniel. Go ahead. I was going to add in just a bet. I was playing around on FanDuel this week. I was going to add in since it's the best bets of the week segment. Listen up. Okay, this is a four-leg parlay. Okay, this is for futures bet. You're killing. So you're killing a, what I was about to do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you want to go first? Nope. Yes, I do want to go first. Actually, actually, hold on. I have an announcement. We're now sponsored by FanDuel. Oh my god. <laughs> go into FanDuel. Daniel's <laughs> created a promotional parlay. We're not sponsored by FanDuel. Oh, uh, this segment is brought to you by. Fan duel. So uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. What I was going to surprise you with is while you guys did your bets, I felt I always feel left out of best bets of the week. Okay. Corey and I started this as Corey's segment. Like it was my chance for me to shut up and him to just, you know, do his thing. And then we brought you on the team and we're like, well, Daniel needs to be involved in best bets of the week. It could be fun banter. Well, and then I'm just sitting here with my literally with my thumb in my butt some of these times trying to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be talking about while you guys are doing best bets of the week. So today, what I did is I made a three-leg parlay oh. off of your best bets of the week. And I, oh. and I, oh. and, I love it. And I bet it while you did it. So the bets are what? already in. The bets are already made. So here's my parlay. I took Ravens-Bills plus 51, Raiders, yeah. minus, Raiders minus two and a half, Colts minus three. So that's my three-leg wow. parlay. On DraftKings right now, it pays plus 581. Whoa! If you want to get crazy okay. and add in Corey's game of the week, Cincinnati minus three and a half, it goes from plus five eighty one to plus twelve hundred. I bet. Whoa. I bet both of those. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Daniel? Oh. Okay. Listen to this. I was playing around this week. 
on FanDuel. Okay, and these are futures bets on the awards. Okay, listen to these because most of these are the favorites. And at the end, it's going to absolutely blow your mind. Okay, if you parlay these four guys, okay, Josh Allen to win MVP of the league. Okay, we're all in pretty much agreements that 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 could very easily happen. Okay, Josh Allen to win MVP, Micah Parsons to win defensive player of the year. Okay, and we all saw the Giants game. He dominated that game. It's kind of like without the stats, he still gets voted in, you know, kind of like Aaron Donald. He doesn't have the best stats every year, but he gets voted in. Micah Parsons to finally get defensive player of the year. I think that dude is just absolutely dominant. Drake I London. Finally, in this like his second year? Third, maybe? Oh. Um, yeah. Drake London to win offensive rookie of the year which at the pace he is going, that's reasonable. stellar start, very reasonable. Okay, that's leg number three. And leg number four, Saquon Barkley to win comeback player of the year. Also reasonable. Dude is all blowing it out of the water right now, okay? Towards ACL, was horrible for two years, just comes back. Just what is that sound? Blows out of the water. That is, my, that is my watch going off. Listen to this. If you bet $20 on this four-leg parlay right now, $6,400. What? What? <laughs> I'm telling you, Josh Allen, I'll repeat it. Josh Allen MVP, Micah Parsons Defensive Player of the Year, which is the favorite, by the way. Drake London Offensive Rookie of the Year, and Saquon Barkley Comeback Player of the Year. $20 wins, almost $6,500. Screenshot that and throw it in the Discord. I'll do it also. Right now. I love it. There you have it. Hey, so, Tony, I like this, you know, picking your favorite out of our picks, throwing three together. I like, yeah, I like that. that too. I think I that's, like that. I think that's going to be a thing. We're going to do a parlay. We're going to do uh, one parlay based off of the combination of your guys' picks every week moving forward. I have no skin in the game, right? So maybe is it just you listening to us and like being convinced? Like, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I, like, I like what you're yeah, saying. It's exactly what it is. It's like, I, I'll look at it. <laughs> I'll figure out whether or not it makes sense and I'll throw three together. I love it. Nice. I love it. Do you love it? Oh, yeah. Daniel, you need to go fix your smoke detectors. No, it's my watch. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.